You are listening to The 13th Hour, your source for all things Pathfinder. I'm your host, Miss 13th Hour herself, Fallon, here with tabletop gaming developer and self-professed Pathfinder guru, Eli. So we're talking about abilities this time, aren't we? Yes, we are. Abilities kind of form the backbone of everything else in the game. So as much as they might get overlooked, they are one of the most important aspects of your character. Are important for, say, an oracle are not the same as for a fighter or a rogue, correct? Oh, absolutely. That's correct. Uh, every class kind of has its own combination of what abilities are important versus what abilities are less important. Or which abilities are dump. Yeah, that is the, the term we use for the stat that you need the least. It's called your dump stat. Oh, yeah. So say you get an 8, a 14, a 17, uh, a 15, and so on. For an oracle, what would be the dump stat? A dump stat for the oracle is going to kind of vary a little bit. Normally, it's going to be a constitution because any kind of caster that's not going to be front lines isn't going to need constitution as much. And I think we should kind of dive into what the abilities each mean and then come back to that with tie it back into classes. All right, uh, let's go with strength, which is, from my understanding, that's how much power you have in your arms, your your literal strength of how much force you can if you're doing a melee attack. Strength is tied into melee attacks, yes. So anything, sword, mace, dagger, anything that you're actually standing next to someone and you hit them with it, that that is what strength is drawing from. Uh, that's also tied into a lot of your physical abilities, like your ability to swim, your ability to climb, uh, mm-hmm. things like that are going to be tied into strength. Now, Which strength we'll has a... go into in another episode. Yeah, but it's that's what it's all tied into. It And it doesn't seem to be tied... You can't talk as much about what it's tied into, for instance, because melee attack being such a broad and important thing and the primary form of attack for most classes that aren't spellcasters that's what makes strength so important. Now, oh, also, yeah. another thing, then, and I don't normally focus on this in my campaign because I'm a lot more than some DMs, uh, your strength is also tied to your carrying capacity. Um, mm-hmm. in, in a more strict campaign, your DM will kind of monitor what you're carrying and how heavy it all is uh, because you can only carry up to a certain amount, uh, the same way in a lot of, like, video games. Yeah. So your strength would be tied to that as well. And for, like, say, a fighter, that would be really important. I'm not sure how many classes it's really in important. Well, like Mostly I said, just... it's it's pretty much any class that is going to be a melee fighting class. So that would be monks, even though monks are primarily unarmed. That's still mm-hmm. going to be strength. Fighters, paladins, they're primarily sword or mace type fighters. So that would be strength. So yeah, it's really very, very broad. Uh, The only people who are not going to rely on strength are going to be ranged fighters and casters. Correct. And it's kind of cool. And the next one I want to go into is actually really important on how successful you're going to be avoiding hits, whether it's from um, melee attacks, ranged uh, spells, dexterity, which I believe that is your AC, goes your dexterity goes into that. Uh, dexterity is tied into a lot of things. It's it's a ranged attacks of any kind, mm-hmm. uh, including some spells. Some spells are considered ranged attacks. That's true. Mm-hmm. Dexterity also does tie into your AC, which is your armor class. That's your overall ability. How hard it is to hit you, essentially, is what armor class is. 
So your dexterity does factor in there. It does factor into your reflex saves, which like you said, your ability to avoid certain things, specifically things like traps or certain types of spells and attacks, that's where your reflex save would come in. And dexterity also is tied in to any of your abilities that require uh, a little bit of finesse. So like acrobatics, your ability to disable device, which would be like lock picking, right. uh, escaping from bonds, light of hand, which is a favorite, and stealth, which <laughs> is also usually pretty uh, pretty important. So dexterity is one of those ones that is kind of hard to get away from because it's tied into so many different things. Oh, yeah. It's like if you do not have a decent reflex, you might be screwed. Yeah. If you don't have a decent reflex, you have to be making up for that in other areas by yes. heavier armor, things like that. Right. And there's a lot. And we'll come back to the reflex part uh, later on in the show. But the next one I want to go over is constitution. And this is going to tell you how much hit points, how yes. hardy of a character you are, and yes. things of that nature. Constitution is essentially how healthy you are. It's mm -hmm. essentially the view of your health and your stamina, and it does tie directly to your hit points. So as you progress through leveling up, your constitution will help determine how much HP you get every level. And if you have a low constitution, which for casters, most casters do have a low constitution sure. because they don't, they don't have to worry about getting hit. So they might have a far lower HP than someone who does have to worry about getting hit all the time. Right now in our kind of end game campaign, there's a huge divide between our lowest HP character, which is your character, yes, <laughs> uh, our sorcerer, and our highest HP character, which is our uh, kineticist, which is a very niche class we'll cover later. Mm -hmm. But his, most of his attacks and things are based on constitution, so he has a huge constitution, and therefore he has buckets of HP. Oh um, yeah, it's like, I get hit once, I die. He gets hits one, he, he looks at you like you're stupid. Yeah, I mean, he can just take hits all day long, because he's got, sometimes his HP is almost as high as, like, the boss monsters I throw at you. That makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> he has much more than double your HP. Oh, I'm uh, sure. Now, Constitution also is tied into your ability to resist and recover from things like poison and disease because it's tied to your fortitude save. Uh, just like Reflex helps you avoid like attacks, things like that, physical attacks, Fortitude is your ability to get through things and to shake them off. So a higher constitution means it's going to be a lot harder for you to be poisoned or to catch a disease. Like malaria. <laughs> yeah. Yes, like malaria. Okay, the reason I bring that up is that actually did happen in a game. Basically, three of us failed our constitution checks, and our DM here decided, congrats, you have malaria. It really was a very fun scene. I didn't think that it would work. I didn't think any of you would catch it, and I was very impressed that it, three of you caught it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was kind of a... That was kind of a mess to try to, to cure because nobody had any ability to cure disease at that point in time. Yeah, it's like, I play a life oracle, but she's not gotten that skill. Well, she's not that high in level, so. <laughs> yeah, that that is a side campaign where it's everybody's still pretty low level. So nobody had the ability to cure disease and cure disease potions are very expensive. Especially if you don't have someone to make them. Exactly. So if you're having to buy them off the shelf, they're very expensive. 
I'm sure the materia ma- materia. This is not Final Fantasy VII material. <laughs> to make it wasn't that cheap either. No, it's not. And no, I don't think anybody in your party has alchemy. I do. Do you? Oh, that's yes. good. Good to know. I'm an alchemist. <laughs> but not class alchemist, which is a completely different thing. And we've gone off tangent. <laughs> we have again. Uh, back on focus. I think next we're getting into the more mental uh, abilities. Intelligence, yes. The skills, which we will go into um, the skills more in depth on the next episode. Mm-hmm. But yes, intelligence, that's where all your knowledge checks will go into because there are so much knowledge checks. <laughs> and how many skills you get. Yes, intelligence is, well, I mean, intelligence is essentially how well you learn and how logical you are. And this mm-hmm. is kind of where intelligence and wisdom, it's kind of hard for people who haven't really dealt with them to understand the difference because they sound very similar. But oh, yeah. intelligence is essentially your ability to learn and logic. So that's why mm-hmm. it's tied to all of your various knowledge skills. So it would be essentially, for example, your ability to learn about the arcane is tied to a skill called knowledge arcana. So right. if you have a higher intelligence, then it was easier for you to learn it. It's easier for you to recall it. And it's easier for you to apply what you know to the situation at hand. So that's why it's tied to intelligence. And other abilities like your linguistical ability is tied into right. intelligence, your ability to craft things, because that would be tied most like a, a profession. For instance, your alchemy is a craft skill. Mm-hmm. It's your ability to use your intelligence to perform that craft. So intelligence is really your functional day-to-day ability to interact with the world, essentially. Now, right. there is one type of caster that is tied to intelligence. And that's a wizard. Most other casters are tied to different stats, but the wizard gets intelligence just because that's just the style of caster that they are. Right. Yeah, I knew there was um, an intelligence caster, there was a wisdom caster, and then charisma caster, I think. There is also one constitution caster. Oh, okay. Which one was the constitution caster? Uh, The kineticist. Okay. That would explain why he has it so high. Yeah, that's why our kineticist or constitution is so high, because that's what all of his casting abilities come from, is his constitution. Pretty nifty. When you get into these different classes, you'll learn like, hey, I'm going to be casting with this, so this needs to be higher. (laughs) Yeah, anytime you're a caster, one of the little quirks is whatever your casting ability is, you have to have a a number, for instance, say my casting or my intelligence is 16. So as Mm -hmm. a wizard, I'm only able to cast up to level six spells because I have to have an ability that is 10 plus the level of the spell. So if I want to get all the way to the end of that tree, I eventually have to keep bumping my intelligence until it's at a 19 if I want to be able to cast level nine spells. Right. Um, Whereas my character... She has a 25 ability score in Charisma, Mm -hmm. meaning she's got the plus 10, so she can cast anything. Yeah. We'll go over a little bit about the modifiers in a little bit in regards to these abilities. But you'll learn that that's a really important number as far as all your skills. Yes. But that brings us to Wisdom. Wisdom, my understanding, you can correct me on this, Eli... But mm-hmm. wisdom is about judgment, how you see the world, how you perceive yes. it, hence perception and sense motive. Yes, that's that's essentially it. It's tied to essentially your common sense and your intuition. So that's why it's used primarily by 
more intuitive casters like clerics and druids. It's also something that monks rely pretty heavily on. That makes a lot of sense. It is also pretty importantly tied to your will save. Your will save is primarily used for situations where you are either resisting against some kind of mental effect like fear or a charm or things like that, or you are trying to weather another kind of magical attack. So your will is what you would draw from. And you are drawing from your wisdom essentially for that reason, your ability to be aware and your willpower to to overcome it. Oh, yeah. And it's wisdom can be important, especially you don't want a low, low wisdom, even if it's considered a crap roll, Mm -hmm. because if you can't resist like any fear effects, then you're not going to be much use to your party. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's that's important. Uh, Your will save is definitely something you want to take into consideration when you're you're figuring out your abilities, because it's not something you should ignore. Oh, yeah. A lot of these skills you don't really want to ignore, even if it is a crap roll. Oh, yeah. No. And I mean, that's that's kind of part of the balance. There will be ones that end up being much lower for everybody, but nothing should be completely disregarded. Right. I I will admit to disregarding some stuff. Like, as a sorcerer, I disregarded my strength completely. <laughs> and I mean, that happens. It does, because you're trying so hard to compensate for everything else, and it kind of blows up in your face. Yeah. Yep. Definitely does. <laughs> Because um, I'm sure all of us have done it at one point in our lives or the other. Yep, it's true. But yeah, it's like before when I played a rogue, my wisdom was insane. I was like one of the highest and one of the reasons we had to change up the game because some of us have a higher perception than others. <laughs> yeah, kind of got to the point where it was some people kind of had no chance at all to make rolls while everyone else was kind of automatically making them there was that much of a divide and that just got to the point where it was it wasn't even fair anymore oh yeah i don't know in more stricter games what role the wisdom has in games because ours is pretty laid back and it's more about narrative for us but i don't know what it would be for stricter I mean, it wouldn't change a whole lot. Perception being the main skill tied to wisdom, then it would, most DMs run perception very sliding scale. It's, here's a bunch of stuff you could notice here, depending on how high your perception roll is how much of it you notice. There are certain things where there is a hard, a hard line. For me, that's usually detecting traps. There is a hard line to detect a trap. And if you don't make that number, you don't notice it. So, and I, a lot of DMs, and I do too, sometimes do passive perception rolls, where I will roll perception on behalf of the party, and if they fail, no one finds out about the thing that they didn't see. (laughs) And it's happened, especially earlier on in the campaign, it happened a lot, but that's something that I... we fail a lot of times? Yeah, and I mean, a lot of the time. And it would get to the point where maybe one person wouldn't fail, and I would send them a private message. This is something you notice, and they wouldn't even bring it up to the group. Usually I shared everything you gave me. You were pretty good at sharing things, but there are definitely a couple people in your party who kept things to themselves. Like Rika, possibly. And also Matt. Yeah. They're pretty, like, keep it close to the vest, even though it might be something that could get everyone killed kind of thing. Yeah, they are. (laughs) But yeah, it's like, ah, wisdom, important. 
mo- mm-hmm. is most definitely important, especially if you want to notice things. But if you are a dumb as a rock kind of character and you want to play that kind of, don't don't bother with wisdom. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe for the will part you would, but not so much the perception. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of how how dumb, which way of dumb do you want to be? Do you want to be completely uh, space cadet? Because a low wisdom would be essentially a space cadet. Uh, if you just kind of want to be like dumb as far as I don't I don't know this thing, then it would be uh, intelligence that would be lower. That's kind of cool. See, these are the kind of things you need to know. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're definitely uh, little tiny uh, quirky things that you don't necessarily need to know for like your first character or even like your second. But they're kind of things you want to look at uh, when you're considering intricacies. Like I've said, I think I mentioned before, there is the running joke that your first tabletop character, no matter what system you, you use, <laughs> is you. So you don't have to think too hard about these these little these little tiny things. But once you start creating characters that are a little different, then it's fun to look at these kind of things and take them into consideration. And the next one I want to bring up is charisma. And charisma is not just how pretty you look, how handsome, how alluring. It can play a part in there, especially if you're playing a specific kind of character. It's about how you interact with people. um, If you're a charisma caster, how well your spells are. I've looked into the book. uh, We've never really used this. But charisma, if you have a high charisma, people will notice you faster than somebody with a lower. They might go, ew. Well, I mean, that's (laughs) that for me has kind of come through mostly things like making uh, diplomacy, things like that. Essentially, charisma is your magnetism, your personality, Mm -hmm. um, how people are drawn to you. And it's essentially supposed to be this idea of this is like your life force, your spark, whatever makes you you. So charisma are drawing on that spontaneous them this their life force when they're casting and that's why they're charisma casters but charisma is also tied to all of your interactions with other people type skills so anytime you're talking to someone else it's probably a charisma based skill whether you're trying to be diplomatic or lie or intimidate someone it's all going to be based on charisma but there is one skill that people don't realize is tied to charisma which some people are surprised is your ability to use magical devices And the reason here is that using magical devices is not the logical end, which would be a different skill called spellcraft. Spellcraft is your ability to recognize and pick apart how a spell works. Actually using the device is tied to charisma because that's, again, coming back to your your life force and your ability to to channel that. I hadn't thought about that. (laughs) Yes, I've been one of those people that's like, I didn't think about that. Considering how high my charisma is. Well, you are a charisma caster. A lot of casters are charisma casters. Uh, That includes bards and paladins, sorcerers, oracles. A lot of it is based on uh, charisma. That's true. I was actually surprised that whenever I had gone in and looked at the abilities, well, the skills, sorry, shouldn't say abilities because abilities refers to strength, dex, con, Mm -hmm. while the skills, acrobatics and stuff, I've been looking through them and like, I'm going to, this is kind of left field, but, and this relates to the intelligence. Linguistics. I was shocked that when you take a rank in that, then you learn a new language. Yes. But it, and it's the only one like it, where it you take a rank, you learn something new. And it's like, if you have four, 40 
well, you can't really do 40 skill points uh, or ranks, no. but <laughs> it's like, that would be insane. <laughs> I mean, 40 very, languages. You can very quickly rack up a bunch of languages. And I have a character right now that a big part of her characterization is that she has a huge swath of languages. And she also uses the linguistic skill in ways that a lot of characters don't. Because that's also tied into your ability to do things like make forgeries and things like that. So anytime you're trying to utilize words and language in a way that's not necessarily directly interacting with people, that's actually linguistics, which is quite amusing. Uh, That's a very unique character that I've never played one like her before. Oh, yeah. We tried to figure out if it was a a forgery or not. We we failed that check. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and she doesn't ever tell the truth about anything, I think. So, I don't even well, remember her. if it was a forgery at the time. <laughs> Could have been. It may not have been. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, yeah, it's like these abilities are really important, and you need to keep that in mind when you're choosing everything that we'll be coming across. Because right now, we're just going over things that are going to be in the sheet that you would need to know important aspects about all of it the strength the decks the con the intelligence the wisdom the charisma all of that is important to who your character is and you can build upon that plus you get all the racial perks and stuff like that oh yeah but um something that kind of the rule of thumb a lot of people when they look at abilities for the first time they really are kind of lost so the basic rule of thumb that people should keep in mind is that a 10 means you are a completely average human in that in that ability. So if you have a 10 strength, you are completely normal as far as your your strength. You are not particularly strong. You probably couldn't carry a whole lot. You probably would need somebody to carry the 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 big old sack of potatoes in. So right. if you are going to be that that relatively weak, then that's where you would you would keep it, excuse me. And you can go down as far as eight. So you can start with a skill that puts you below average in a certain skill, but that gives you a huge handicap because then you're starting to take negatives against your various skills and things like that. Oh yeah, I agree. It's, 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 I know it can be a lot to take in, which is why we are trying to break down and explain about all this stuff, which is we need to go into three important factors uh, that you'll need to know about, especially as far as how these abilities relate to fortitude, reflex, and will. We have touched on it a bit, more so on will than anything else. (laughs) Yeah, and I would argue that, well, I'd actually argue that reflex is probably your most important save. It's certainly the one that we see used most often. It's true. So we'll go with reflex first. This has always been an interesting one. It's like most people you think, oh, reflex, only rogues need to have a a, a decent reflex. No. (laughs) No. Uh, It's important for everyone. Your reflex is your ability to get out of the way. And a lot of things, especially a lot of really higher level attacks, a great example is dragons. Everyone thinks of a dragon when they're thinking of their first tabletop game. Dragons almost universally have a skill called breath weapon, which very standard, very easiest way to think of it is their ability to breathe fire or whatever element they are. But fire is the one you're thinking of. Their ability to breathe fire at you, that's terrifying. You might be like staring down a dragon that could do 200 damage to you if it hits you straight in the face. But a reflex save 
could get you at least partially out of the way of that and take away about half of that damage at least if you can move. So that's why your reflex save is important because it could be the difference between you taking 200 damage and taking 100 damage. And that is a huge divide. It's one of those things that you really need to consider, even if you aren't like big in your dexterity. But dexterity, yes, I'm coming back to that, is one of the most important aspects. You need it for your AC, you need it for your reflex. So like you said, get out of danger. Yeah. And I mean, that's why dexterity does come back to being important. But I mean, it's fun sometimes to play a character that is more clumsy and things like that. But you do run the risk of taking larger hits to your to your honestly just take them straight to the face you're going to take more damage if you aren't able to move right i agree it's it can be intense and sometimes the difference between success or failure is getting out of the way and i mean that's true if you keep taking hits you're more likely to go down you go down and your entire party may go down right behind you uh that's People going down and going unconscious or dying, every time somebody goes down, it's more likely that someone else will because now your party's weakened. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's the domino effect. We've come yep. very close to having total party wipes. And in part, it's been because people were just taking hits because they just weren't prepared with their saves. Uh, with their saves, with their armor. Yeah. Especially if they've taken a hit where they've lost, they've had ability damage, which has happened to me so many times. You, you do take the most ability damage. Most damage, just to clarify and sidestep for a second, uh, most damage is against your, your hit points, which makes sense. Anybody who's familiar with video games is going to be familiar with that idea. When you take damage, your hit points go down. However, there's also in Pathfinder the ability to take ability damage, which means instead of taking a hit to your HP, you're taking a hit directly to your strength or directly to your dexterity and i mean that kind of translates to essentially a certain type of injury that you have mm-hmm. um that kind of visualize it in that way but that means that everything that's tied to that ability is also damaged so if you take a hit to your strength which reduces your strength by two then your ability to make melee attacks goes down by two etc and it's always something to consider it is it's important because to do a lot of the time, the attacks that would be able, that would do that to you are things that can be avoided with your saving throws. So if you miss your reflex save and then you've taken a hit to something that reduces your constitution or reduces your strength, you're now even further weakened. So it's mm-hmm. about staying on top of things that allow you to really allow you to get out of the way. It's not, you don't want to necessarily be standing there and taking the damage unless you have to. And that's normally with your your tankier characters who are having heavier armor, who have things like that. They're going to be the ones standing there taking the most hits, taking the most damage. But most characters, it is way better for you to not be hit than to be able to take a big hit. Right. That's important. Which actually goes into the fortitude. It does. Fortitude's the next one to kind of lead that into. Because fortitude is going to affect primarily lasting effects kind of like malaria (laughs) if your fortitude is not high enough you're going to contract malaria and other similar things so fortitude ties into your ability to be poisoned there's all manner of poisons and diseases in the game that all have different effects and most of them are to your abilities and they can last for a very long time some of them last until they're cured like malaria 
will just keep hitting you and doing damage to your Until abilities. You die. <laughs> and if your abilities are reduced to zero, you die. So I'm, it's, it is a real danger. And, and you've gotten pretty close. I was very close. I was very thankful for the fast talker characters that Rika and Matt like to play. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. saved me. They did. There's been time, definitely been times. Uh, it's gotten really close. And I mean, just for a great example, our constitution caster, our kineticist, his fortitude, therefore, because it's tied to your constitution, is kind of ridiculously high. So he walks through situations completely confident that he could never, ever be poisoned. He will never contract a disease. And he's pretty accurate because no, nothing can really touch him. Which kind of actually works for his how he plays that character. He's like, he's untouchable and nothing can happen to him until his wife throws him into a cage. Which is always a great story. Oh my gosh, that's that's never going to be not a great story. We're going to have a very special episode one of these days where we're just going to come up with what our favorite stories are and we're going to do dramatic retellings. I'm calling it now. (laughs) Okay, Okay, we have to have the whole crew for that one though. Oh, that's Because there will be some Mac down talk. That is great. We will have to recruit our entire party for that. That would be oh a, that would be a great one. A very special episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> that'd probably be a special couple episodes because every certain people like to get long winded like Matt. I think that <laughs> well, I think we'll have to have everybody come with their favorite story. Okay, yeah, yeah, most definitely. I think that's a good idea. I think my favorite story is how. Uh, nope, nope, don't spoil <laughs> it. Bring it to the bring it to the very special episode. Hey, no, I'm the, I'm the one that keeps bringing up about the cage. I think that's my favorite scene of all time. It's definitely my my favorite most recent scene because that just happened a couple weeks ago. It uh, did. It will. I, I just, wonder if it's going to happen again. <laughs> just for a little bit of context, the situation was that the party was trying to escape from this kind of forbidden realm, mm-hmm. and a dragon had stepped up and was talking to them. And I will clarify once more, the dragon wasn't actually trying to stop them. It was just telling them what the consequences were if they left. Well, our kineticist got real mad and real frustrated because he was already upset. So he (laughs) challenged the dragon to a duel. The dragon ignored him. And so he then, he essentially just punched it. And that started a fight. And the the dragon was, as most dragons are in Pathfinder, not a pushover and Mm -hmm. definitely probably would not have wiped out the party but you would have been hurting pretty badly and his wife who is our rogue alchemist mixture she was not happy with him and so she used one of her potions to create a, a cage around him so he would stop and so she could talk to the dragon and she talked the dragon into doing what the party needed him to do which was great so, you know, it worked out. He was very surprised, as he should be, and she was very mad at him. <laughs> He's still kind of afraid of her, I think. And he should be. <laughs> he should be. She is the only person in your entire party who has never been knocked out and never been KO'd. I've been dead many times, so okay. I mean, she's never she's never even been knocked out, let alone let alone had to be resurrected. So yeah. she is kind of terrifying. It's true. It's true. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But yeah, I think that is going to be it for the part one of our relating to abilities and skills. So tune in on Wednesday for the next episode. For more information on our Pathfinder basics, be sure to check out the 13th hour 
podcast on Spotify or on anchor.fm forward slash 13th hour. That is one, three, T-H hour. New episodes go up every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday.